0: Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 1115 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcowita.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Cowita. I hope you enjoy this week's message.
1: Wish that I had known then what I know now. I mean about a life that's interrupted. You see, my life was gonna be music. I mean, literally. I thought that I would be uh, involved in music somehow and that was my ambition, my goal, my plan when I was a teenager and I strove for that and everything that I did. I even auditioned for some nationally known singing groups and they asked me to come on board. But I was given some wise counsel that maybe I should wait and just be patient and finish school first and that's exactly what I did. But when all the obstacles cleared away, those opportunities that had been so readily available for me, they had now all passed, and I was mad, and I thought God didn't know what he was doing. And all this time, I was dating a young, a young guy, great Christian guy. Those first romantic and sweet promises of marriage were on the table. We were talking about building a life together. I was into him, totally. But that relationship ended, and I felt like I would never be able to emotionally recover from that devastation. And I even prayed and begged God to restore that relationship. But do you know more now than anything, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Several years after I did get married, my husband and I found out that we were pregnant with our first baby, and it was unexpected. It was a surprise, but we were excited about it, and we were just settling into the idea and getting used to it when I discovered that I was having a miscarriage. and We were so sad, frustrated with life, frustrated with God. It was a life interruption. We were so disappointed and we were worried. We were worried because what what did this mean for us? Would it mean that I would never be able to have children? Was there something wrong? Uh, Were we not going to be able to have the family that we had always dreamed of? Well, that wouldn't be the case because shortly thereafter, Jackson Von Shire came to be a part of our, our lives, our first son, and then Jerry Shire Jr. came shortly after. Two wonderful boys and they were rounding the corner from their toddler years into their school age years. We sold the crib and gave away all the baby toys and we were ready to move on. The pacifiers were out of the house, just as I was to discover there was another baby on the way. Jude Maddox Shire. Our surprise baby. Uh, Definitely a gift, but you do know that God's gifts require lifestyle modifications. Oh, I know you know how this feels when you've set out one path for yourself and you've been headed in that direction and then all of a sudden God throws a doozy in there, something that just kind of knocks you off your guard for just a moment you've got to get your footing and find your bearings again. I know exactly how that feels. And so maybe for you, here in your retirement years, you thought your nest egg would be more solid than it is in this current economy where it's that child that you've invested so much in, but now as a young adult, they've decided to live in a way that is shocking to you. Or maybe it's that you thought that when you signed up to be a follower of Jesus Christ, it would mean marriage by now, and yet you're still single. Or maybe you were married and thought following Christ and yielding to him in the season of life of marriage would mean a lifelong relationship, and yet your spouse has chosen to bail out on you. How will we respond when life interrupts, when God's will is different than what we originally intended? Because you see, if I had gone into music... I would have missed out on the real ministry God had planned for me. Had I married that first guy, I would have missed out on my husband, Jerry Shire, a man who is uniquely gifted, not just for me and for our boys, but for the ministry that God has for both of us. How I wish I had known then what God is just helping me now to begin to discover. And I wonder if you know exactly how I feel. Well, I know how you feel, and so does the prophet Jonah. Because you see, he was settled and satisfied with the life that he had always known as a prophet to the nation of Israel. He was cozy and comfortable working among the people that he loved. And he would have left it just that way had a word not come from the Lord, interrupting his path and derailing him onto another course of life. And he did not like it, just like you and I don't like it. In the story of Jonah, we figure out how to yield to a life interrupted. In fact, how to see it with brand new perspective to see that life interruptions are the springboard for the best that God has to offer us. They're not really life interruptions. They're divine interventions.
0: Well, today is going to be an interesting topic because it's one that we... um, a lot of us don't want to consider, uh, I think part of the reason why we don't want to consider it is, is because a lot of times we get lied to, and we're told that if you are a follower of Christ, that everything's going to be okay. Um, let me just say, that's a lie. <laughs> that's that's a lie. Everything's not just going to be okay. Uh, now, uh, everything eternally is going to be okay. Eternally, everything's going to be okay. Whenever you give your life over to Christ, at that moment, for the rest of eternity, You become a citizen of heaven. At the moment you give your life over to Christ, you become a citizen of heaven. But I want you to understand something. That doesn't take you out of the consequences of a fallen world. I want you to understand that. And so there are consequences uh, in a fallen world that I don't like and you don't like, but those things are true for you uh, and for me. And so what happens whenever God allows a chapter to be written in our lives that is something we don't like. What happens when there's a sickness? What happens when there's a divorce? What happens when a family member gets into it with one another? What happens whenever the promotion doesn't come? What happens when you lose your job? What ha- and I could go on and on and on and on and on. I want to let you know where we are right now in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, <clears throat> It says this, it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and we know that the therefore is because of chapter 11, which shows all of the great um, people of faith, because of all those great people of faith, we know that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Those are people that have gone before us. Those are people that have, have, have lit the way for us. You have those. I have those. I have those that are still living. I have those that are passed on. You have those that are still living. You have those that are passed on. Because of those people's faith and because of everything they've done, therefore we have this great cloud of witnesses. And because we have these great cloud of witnesses, let us set aside. Let's set aside every weight and the sin which shall easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us and I want you to understand they're set before us means is that God has a plan and a purpose for us and he has set this path before us I'll tell you the first time I ran <laughs> the first time I ran a 5k uh, I did pretty good I was actually I did really good actually I was really surprised because I didn't train for it at all and I remember thinking man this 5k is not is not too bad at all uh, the only problem was was that when I ran it Um, I took a left turn when I was supposed to take a right turn, me and a buddy of mine, and I cut off a mile and a half of the race. And so I was like, dude, that's the fast. I've got people sprinting past me. And I'm like, Dude, I'm in it, bro. I'm in it. I didn't recognize that there was a street that was about maybe 300 yards long. That was a shortcut. I was supposed to go right and go all the way around this neighborhood and then come back to that street. And I just went straight on. There was no arrow that I saw. There was. It was a huge arrow. I just didn't see it because I was talking and he was talking to me and we ran right on through and we start looking around at each other. And you know how you kind of know that you don't belong My brother, the first time I did a half marathon, it was in Nashville. And I said, how how do I fill out this form? He said, tell him you can run it in an hour and 45 minutes. I said, dude, I don't think I can drive it in an hour and 45 minutes, much less run it. And he was like, no, tell him you can do it in an hour and 45 minutes, because then you'll get in an early seed, in in an early seed. Let me just say this to you. Don't ever do that. Be honest in a race. Because it was myself and my brother and Wendy. And the only one that looked like they belonged is Wendy. <laughs> because it was myself, all right, uh, and my brother. Uh, and and let's just say that we were not the most... Uh, fit and athletic ones of the bunch but there were all these other people around us and they're getting they're in the c class and the, the class goes all the way to like double z right They're and they're all you know they're stretching and doing all this stuff and i'm looking around like am i supposed to be doing that <laughs> you know what i mean am i supposed to be doing that and so i i decided well maybe i am and so i start stretching you know and doing this you know i didn't know what i was doing so anyway so i ended up uh they took off and i took off too and Wendy and my brother kept looking back going, are you going to come? I said, dude, I'm maxed out. I'm tapped out, man. This is fast. You know, this is it. And so needless to say, I was passed by a gazillion people in Nashville for the first half marathon. Well, I didn't find a shortcut in that one, but I did find a shortcut in the 5K. And the 5K I did. I did not belong there. A lot of us, what we do is, is we, we take a path where we do not belong. Are you with me? We do. And the scripture, pull it back up there, Lynn. The scripture in Hebrews says this. It says. It says. Can we? Can we? I think we need. We need to go back. It says. Uh, and let us run with endurance. And I was trying to endure. Believe me, the race that is set before us. The race that is set before us. The path that is set before us. Another. Another. One of the translations says, the way that we are to go. And then Hebrews chapter 12, verse two says this, it says this, it says looking unto uh, unto Jesus. And here's what we're focusing on this whole series, all 12 or 13 messages, the author and finisher of our, our faith. And so the author and finisher, now there the word author means, it means the one that originally thought it up. All right. So our faith was originally thought up by Christ himself. And then it says this, the finisher of our faith and the finisher there It means that he is the one that has not only given us an example for how it should be, but he also has provided someone to walk alongside us. And we know that someone being Holy Spirit, which is why I'll tell you this in the whole series, our story originates with God. God provided an example being Jesus and God provided a guide along the way, And so that's where we find ourselves. Well, you've heard stories about how people have overcome. Last week we talked about it. We're going to mention it again here. You've, you, we talked about the, the fingerprints of God and how you can look back and see the fingerprints of God all over our lives. And so today, so today, I ask you the question, what do we do when God begins to write chapters that we don't want written? What do we do? Let's look at Jonah. You guys know the story of Jonah. We'll read the first a couple of verses, and then I'll tell you the rest of the story. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah. Jonah's in the Old Testament, by the way. Uh, Gave this message to Jonah, um, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. And this is the part that you need to focus on. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. That's kind of laughable now, right? He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He uh, he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. And then it says this, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. And then it says this, so the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. What in the world happened after that? Well, let me tell you what happened after that. Jonah boom, got thrown overboard. (laughs) They were like, hey, this guy right here is the reason all this stuff's happening. Jonah got thrown overboard. He ended up getting swallowed by a whale. He literally became whale puke, right? He became whale puke. And eventually, after running and running and running and running and running and running and running, he eventually did what God told him to do. That's what happened. He eventually did what God told him to do. And lo and behold, Still, by the way, still to Jonah's anger, (laughs) the people in Nineveh, they repented. That's what happened. Jonah didn't want that to happen. He didn't want, why didn't he want it to happen? Well, there was a lot of reasons he didn't want it to happen. One, the people in Nineveh were evil people. They were evil people and they were not, they were not the kind of people, not the kind of people that he would have wanted to repent. They weren't. He got very angry about it. He, had been a, he was very comfortable, just like, just like the video said. He was very comfortable in where he was at. Jonah was fine where he was at. He was doing the same job that he had been doing, prophet to the nation of Israel, same job declaring the, the works of God. Think about that, declaring the works of God. He was in a comfortable role. He was comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. And all of a sudden, God said, hey, listen, here's what I want you to do. And he was like, nah, I can't do that. As a matter of fact, he did turn and went the opposite direction. Way. Here's the question I have for you. What do you do when God begins to write chapters and you don't want them? When his plan goes a different direction, what do you do? How do you respond? What is your response? What should your response be? Here's the thing. How we respond when God writes different chapters that we necessarily don't want will define your life. I want you to hear that. How you respond when God interrupts you will define your life. The way you respond to God's interruption defines your life. Either good or bad. One of the only reasons we know about the prophet Jonah... Is the way he re- he responded to uh, to the interruption it 's the only way the only way we knew about him is how he responded to the interruption. The way you respond to the interruption will define why is that? because of this God doesn 't let anything go to waste, and if you have been interrupted, it is for a reason He is allowing it for a reason, and i don 't know that reason. I don't know the reasons for me either as far as my interruptions, but that's between me and God, and we have to walk that out together. I, have no, I had no idea. I had no idea why in 1999 God would allow a tornado to take our home. I had no idea. Completely took our home. have no idea why that would occur. I didn't know then. I kind of know now. I kind of got a sense of why that would happen now. I don't know that I would be here right now today with you guys had God not taken our home in a tornado. Pretty confident I wouldn't, actually. Pretty confident that I wouldn't. What's your interruption? What's your story? What is it that God is interrupting you about? There's three things about interruptions that I want you to hear. I want you to get this. There's three things about interruptions that I want you to hear. Here's the first one. There's always going to be a ship waiting to take you away from God's will. I want you to hear that there is always going to be a ship waiting to take you away from God's will. Are you getting that? There's always going to be a ship to take you away from God's will. I can't tell you how many people have uh, been offered jobs and they're offered a job. And this happened to my brother. He was offered a new job. He took the new job. He took the new job offer. He went and told his old company, hey, um, I want you guys to know that I'm going to be leaving. I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. He had prayed about it. He felt like it was God's direction. And all of a sudden, the, new, the old company came back and said, hey, we'll offer you ten or 15000 more than they were offering. And here's the question that he had for them. I appreciate that, he said, but where was that money three, three months ago? Where was that money two months ago? And if I wasn't worth it then, why would I think I'd be worth it now to you? There's always going to be a ship, always going to be a ship that will rescue you from God's will. There's always going to be a ship. A lot of us see that in Jonah's life. There's always going to be a reason, you guys, not to follow God. Here are some of the ships that we have. The ship of fear. The ship of fear will always rescue you from what what God wants you to do. The ship of fear. Some of us, our spiritual gift is being fearful, isn't it? It is. It was like, oh, that. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know what God's going to do, man. I, I, why am I wise? That we may lose our house or we may lose blah, blah, blah. And I always tell people that say that, I always say, listen, I want you to understand something. God gave it to you to begin with. If he can give you that, he can give you something better. He can give you something different. He, can, he gave it to you anyway. And some people always say, No, man, I worked hard for that. And then I go down the thing. Yeah, I know you worked hard for it. You worked hard for it because you had good health, which came from God. You worked hard for it because you were born in, in this family or that family, which it was, it was a gift from God. You came. Listen, the truth of the matter is that from the moment we were born, we had no control over anything. We literally, we literally are just at the feet of Christ, knowing that He's the one that's given us all these things. And so I always tell people, Why do you fear? Why do you have all these fears? But a lot of us, sail on the ship of fear. A lot of us sail on the ship of anger. Let me tell you guys something. Anger will always be there to get for you to jump on that boat and go sailing with it. Anger will always be there. It'll always be there for you to jump on there. And most of the time, you can find two or three friends to go with you. You know what I mean? Man, I tell you what, I'm ticked off too. What's wrong with you, man? Man, I'm just ticked off. Blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, man, it's like, and I don't know why, but guys do this more than girls do. It's like, you know, you find some dude that's angry and you want to jump in there with it. Man, I know, dude, I agree with that. And you go, you know what I'm saying? You do the same thing. Anger will always be there to take you away, to sail you right away. And it's going to look so beautiful. They're going to sail you right away into the sunset, right away from what God has for you. The ship of temptation will sail you right on away from what God's plan is for you. The ship of temptation. The ship of temptation will always sail you away. The ship of frustration. The ship of frustration will always sail you away from God's will. Always. It'll always sail you away. It's funny because I call this ship of uh, of, uh, of frustration, I call this the USS whiney hiney all right that's what I call it the USS whiney hiney that's what I call it what is that well if you guys ever been in a store last week Wendy went to the grocery store and I said hey how you doing And she goes I'm fine and I was like oh what happened I mean besides the fact that you're in Walmart shopping what else happened that could get you mad uh, she said, there is a kid and all over that I want to go and punch. I don't know if she said punch or not, but she wanted to choke him. Uh, and you guys have all felt that, right? Some of you have had that kid, right? Uh, you, some of you were that kid. Some of you may still be that kid. Um, but anyway, so so you guys know the kid. You know, they get in a store. And, you know, the the stores all put the stuff right at the counter, right at their level. Like, all, And have you ever noticed they put the candy bars up higher, but like the the uh the little i don't know why this even became a thing but they're they're little like um, baby bottles with candy in it and i've seen like seven eight year old nine year old kids sucking a baby bottle i've seen a few don't a baby bottle like, it's really good i'm like all right dude and that's on you but but they put it up there and it's always this can i have this and the mom's already said a gazillion times, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. And all of a sudden, they just kind of throw themselves all over the ground. Have you guys ever seen that? I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I have. USS Whiny Heiny, You go board the USS Whiny Heiney, and all you do is complain and whine and fuss about everything. Listen to this. I've seen people who have been blessed by God with a house, and something happened to the house. Two years later, like it needed a new roof or the roof leaked or something. And God had provided the money or the insurance for the roof. And they still complained. Where two years ago, they were asking me to pray about them getting this house because it was their dream home. Two years later, they boarded the USS Whinyhiny. And they, uh, they were complaining about it. There's always going to be a ship that will sail you away from God's best. Here's, here's the truth. I want you to hear this. The enemy always provides you with a ship to sail away, but here's the kicker. That ship is filled full of holes. It is. The ship is filled full of holes. It's filled full of holes. It's filled with holes of lies. It's filled with holes of regrets. It's filled with holes, and I could go on and on and on and on and on. There's always going to be a ship to sail you away from God's best. What should we do? Well, let me tell you, and this is the true saying, and I want you to write this down if you've got a pen and paper. God's plan is usually hard at first, but easier to live with long term. I want you to hear that. God's plan is usually hard at first but easier to live with long term. And the opposite is true. The enemy's plan is easy at first but hard to live with long term. It is. Y'all listen, it is so so difficult to tell your kid no when you don't have the money to buy something for him. It's so difficult to do. It's so difficult to tell some of you guys are going ain't difficult for me, bro. <laughs> so it's so difficult to tell your kid no. It's so difficult when you want something not to just pull out that credit card and just start running up those bills left and right that you know that you can't pay. It's so it's so it's so easy, it's so easy to do that. It's so difficult not to do that. It's difficult not to do that. But I want to tell you something. In the end, in the end, if you will stick to what God's plan is, In the end, you will see that it's easy to live with. It is. But I'll tell you, isn't it fun when you're going somewhere and you're just shopping around and you got that card and it's like, boom, approved. What's up? And you go to the next place, boom, approved. And you keep going. Doesn't it feel great? At the time, it feels great. At the time, it feels awesome. But here's the kicker. You get back home. Life hits you in the face. The car breaks down. Something happens. And all of a sudden, what happens? All of a sudden, that bill starts rolling in. And for some reason, that shirt you bought or that thing you bought isn't quite as nice as that bill that you just got. And you start looking at the budget, and like that country song said, you got too much month at the end of the money. Are you with me? That's a great country song. You too, but if you want to, too much month at the end of the money. That's what happens. That's what happens. And so you end up doing that. I'm telling you, God's plan is hard at first, but, but... in the end, it's easy to live with. But the enemy's plan is easy at first, but it's hard to live with. There's always going to be a ship that will sail you away from God's will. Here's the second thing. Your disobedience affects others. It has an effect on other people. Your disobedience has a, an effect on other people. Jonah's disobedience in this text By leaving, not doing God's will, Jonah's disobedience had a huge effect on a ton of other people. He literally could have got them killed. He literally could have got them killed. Your disobedience has a huge effect on other people. I want you to always remember this. Always remember this. You never sin. You never sin solo. You don't. You never sin solo. You know how I know that? Some of you guys thought you sinned solo. Some of you guys thought that your anger was just a solo sin until you had a kid. And all of a sudden, you see that that sin right down to the baby. And all of a sudden, they're nutting up like you used to do. Right? You never sin solo. You don't. You don't sin solo. The biggest lie is this, that our sin doesn't affect other people. Here's the thing I want you to know. Your sin always affects Other people, it may look innocent, but here's what happens. And I've told you this before. It's like taking a big, huge rock and throwing it in a pond and that it's going to hit. It's going to bounce up and it's going to make a big splash. And you think that's going to be the sin. But here's the kicker. There's these ripples that go out and that ripple effect is how your sin works as well. And it ripples out and that sin ripples on to other people. The biggest lie is, is that our sin doesn't affect other people people. Here's the thing I want you to know. Your unwillingness to submit to God's plan affects all those people around you. It does. Your unwillingness to submit to God's plan. Here's how. God tells us to do something. We don't want to do it, so we run. We're not in God's will, so deep down we know we're out of God's will. Because we're out of God's will, we become rebellious to God or we become down. We become bummed out. We become stressed. We become all these things. We get all these things. That usually overflows onto our family, onto our coworkers, onto our friends, all those things. And they ask you stuff like, well, are you are everything okay today? And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. And that's a lie. And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. And, and you know you're out of God's will, but you're like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally fine. And instead of being 100% honest and saying, no, I know I'm supposed to be doing something else, you continue to try to have that facility. Up, you know, that we put up. You have that mask up. And so, but it ripples on to other people because eventually you get ticked off with someone asking you, you're like, look, I'm fine, leave me alone, blah, 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 blah. And you go off or you let anger go off. That's how it happens. Your sin affects other people. You know, I've told you guys this story before, but it took me forever to step out uh, on faith and go into the ministry full time. It took me forever. And I want to tell you something that affected my family. It really did, because Wendy knew that I was living a life that was that I was miserable. I was miserable because I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. And in turn, whenever I was miserable, it made her miserable because she got sick of hearing it. Right. She got sick of hearing it. She got sick of, you know, look, just go do it. Let's just go do it. Let's just go do it. She has much stronger faith than I do. I'll admit that. But let's just go do it. Let's just go do it. And all of a sudden, Finally, after we finally went and did it, I was like, oh my gosh, it was, it was, it was a lot much better, much better than I thought it was going to be. But it took me years and years to do that. And that affected, that affected our family. It affected where we lived at. It affected what kind of income we had. And I could go on and on and on and on because why? Because of my disobedience. And what was the root of that disobedience? The root was for me, the root was fear. It was fear of failure. That was one of the roots. It also was fear of disappointing my father because my father was like, ah, you can't, can't make no money being a preacher. I didn't realize that he was actually right, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. But, but no, seriously, he said, you can't make no money. You can't provide for your family being, being, being a preacher. You can't do that. And so, uh, but I had a fear. I had that fear and that fear, uh, that, that ship of fear, I just kept jumping on that ship and sailing right off into the sunset day after day after day after day after day. And that, that because I did that, it affected, it affected my family. It affected, it affected people that were Around me, your sin does the same exact thing. Here's the final thing I want you to know. You will not have a deep joy or peace apart from God's plan. Are you with me? You will not have a deep joy or peace apart from God's plan. Now, you can have, you can have surface happiness. Oh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm surface happy. You can, you can have that. But a deep joy and a deep peace is only found, is only found when you plug into what God's plan is for you. When you literally, Lynn, can we bring up the, uh, the Hebrews chapter 12 verse again? Can we bring up that first slide? When literally, whenever, and let us run with endurance the race that what? That God has set before us. That God has set before us. Let us run the race that God had set before us. If you are not running that race that he set before you, you will not have a deep joy and a deep peace. Now, let me tell you a story to end. I talked to you guys about running earlier, right? So let me tell you a story. So I get to the end of the race, the 5K. I call it the cheating 5K is what I call it. I get to the end of the 5K, right? Now, what was embarrassing is is there was lots of people that did the whole 5K that beat me really significantly. All right? Um, So I get to the end of the 5K, and I realize what's happened. I realize that I've gotten to the end and that I did not do the race right. I had skipped parts. I had not stayed on the path. And I got to the end, and I had this empty feeling inside of me. I was like, and I looked at my friend, and I was like, man, you know, can, can you, you want to go back and maybe run it again? And the guy said, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. We're already taking up the cones coming up. That's how, that's how slow I was. You're, we're already taking up the cones coming up. It's already taken up. It's over. And I had this empty feeling inside of me. I mean, it was an empty feeling. And I was like, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't stay on the path. I didn't do what I set out to do. The opposite thing happened whenever I was in the Nashville Marathon half marathon, even though I was slow as Christmas, um, I turned the corner and, and, um, I turned, when I turned the corner to see the finish line, everybody was huge lines of people cheering and I didn't cut any corners then. And even though I hadn't been perfect, and even though I had to sit down a few times, and even though that I walked some, and even though all those things happened, when I crossed that finish line, man, there was an overwhelming sense of accomplishment. There was, they, put, they put a, 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 a medal around my neck, and I, I walked through there. They had cold towels putting on me. I guess I stuck out. I was like red as a beet. I guess they were like, I don't know what's happening with big boy, but throw a towel to him. I'm like, yep, I need it. So they had a towel on me and everything. And so we, we walked through, and I'll never forget the accomplishment. As a matter of fact, I have that. I have that medal. It was the first half marathon I, I did. And the only half marathon I've done. And so I actually, I actually have it framed. There's a picture of Wendy and I, and I have it framed. What's the difference? Here's the difference. The difference is, is that in one situation, I didn't stay on the path, and I ended it in disappointment. The other difference is, uh, the other difference is, is that in the half marathon, I stayed on the path, and I wasn't perfect, and I, I, I messed up some but when I got to the end, I knew that I had accomplished what I set out to do. Here's what I want you to understand, and I want you to hear this very clearly as we close. Don't come to the end of your life. Don't come to the end of the race that God has for you on this earth. Don't come to that and be disappointed that you didn't stay on the path that God has for you. Don't come to the end and look back and have hollowness and emptiness of like, you know what, I didn't do what I was supposed to. I didn't do, here I am, I finished my race. Don't, Don't be laying there. I've seen this happen so many times. Don't be laying there in a hospital bed and be thinking in your mind, man, I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back and fix that. I wish I could go back and run that portion of my race. Can I tell you something I want to encourage you to do? Give God all you got and stay on the path that he has for you. Don't look back. Don't look back and wish that you had stayed on the path. Don't do that. Live a life that's well lived. And you do that by staying on the path, even when there's interruptions. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much, God, that you are a God of interruptions. Even when we don't like it, God, we ask you, we ask you Lord, to, uh, to be with us. God, you say that your, your Holy Spirit is a guide to us. God, sometimes, sometimes we need big, huge, flashing signs to stay on the path. Sometimes we can't see and we get off the path. Lord, I just pray that you would give us huge flashing signs saying, hey, this is my way. Walk in it. Let us be people that, that, um, that let our interruptions define us and they define us in a way that glorifies you and that builds you up. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would, you would let us submit to submit to your interruptions. Even when we don't like it, even when there is a whole dock full of ships just waiting for us to jump on, even when there's a whole dock, I just pray that you would allow us to jump on that ship, not jump on that ship, and jump on the ship that God has for us. Lord, let us run the race. Let us run the race that he has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up as we have our final worship song. I don't know what God has for you. I don't know where you are with Christ, but I will tell you this. The altar's wide open. I'll be down here to pray for you. If you want to join us, we'll be down here to pray for you. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.